Hey church, welcome to Beyond Sunday. This is our first week of the Fear series, and uh, we're really excited to uh, get into the topic of fear over the next five weekends. Um, Pastor Stephen Gold kicked us off this weekend uh, live in Livermore and on every campus except uh, Becky was able to preach live in Brentwood, and she yeah. did a great job this weekend. Uh, but this weekend we're talking about the fear of failure. Mm-hmm. Do you struggle with this fear? Yeah, it's probably the fear. I, it's like bigger than fear of spiders or heights or anything. This fear more than anything else is the one that I think I, when people say, what are you most afraid of? I just say failure. I can't. Why do you, why do you think that is? Why uh, are you afraid of? It's probably insecurity on my part. That yeah. I, yeah. You're super insecure. So <laughs> that makes sense. It's like the insecurities that I hide from the world. Uh huh. But no, I just don't, I don't know if it's as much insecurity as much as it is. I just hate the idea that I didn't, accomplish what I set out to accomplish. I think it's like the competitive side of me. Like I mm-hmm. want to win, but it's, yep. I actually just don't want to lose. So mm-hmm. I don't know. you want to not lose more than you want to win for sure. <laughs> for sure. Uh, yeah. what's, uh, do you have any other stories besides the one you shared in your sermon about times that you failed? I actually just, didn't you, share that one. The one that you thought I shared. Oh, you didn't. No. I didn't listen to you. I listened to your run through, not your right. actual My run through is completely, was completely different. Than oh, it was actually okay. Becky and I ended up in very similar places. So your student ministries battle the bands event that completely bombed. No, I didn't tell anyone about that. Oh, you can tell them now. So yeah, I was my first like month as a youth pastor at a church down in Temecula. Uh, I was, I got hired and I was like, man, I just really want to make sure that this goes well. And I want to get as many students as possible. My first Sunday, we had eight students. It was a 500-person church, so it wasn't, and it didn't have a very solid youth ministry. And so I was like, I'm going to do an event like I did in San Diego that just we brought, we got 600 students to show up, and it was awesome. So, like, all these bands. So I put together this event, got security, got people to run concessions, got, uh, like, flyers all out throughout the community, every high school. And I booked five bands to come show up and play a battle of the bands. And when the event started, uh, five students showed up. I don't even, I still don't like talking about it. <laughs> five students showed up to the event. Yeah, that's there a colossal failure. There were 30 band members, <laughs> 20 volunteers, and five people in attendance. Mm-hmm. My executive pastor walked in to the event because mm-hmm. he had a couple of kids that didn't want to come, but he was like, oh, I'm going to see how our new youth pastor is doing. He walked in and immediately turned around and walked out, like didn't say a word to anybody. He was just like, this uh, is not good. That's so, terrible. Uh, so yeah, so I told uh, my mentor about it the next week and he just laughed at me and, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it was, it was a colossal failure. Jay Folk, who used to work here at Cornerstone, mm-hmm. when one of his employees fails, he just says, let me tell you a story about my friend, Steve. <laughs> he tells him that story. <laughs> he uses that to encourage other people. <laughs> oh, so, my goodness. That's good. Yeah, that's great. Um, I like how you um, and Becky incorporated the story of Moses in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought there were some some really cool parts to Moses' journey um, around how he interacted with God and what drove him. And I loved his insistence on – my favorite part was when, when he says to God, if you're not – gonna go with me I'm not yeah. doing this like going. that's so bold you and you and yeah. you spoke on that I know yeah uh, the if you aren't going then I'm not either and then and then the thing that I loved is that he took it one step further like we talked about with the whole show me your glory thing like the fact that Moses used his pursuit of God as an excuse to pursue him further mm-hmm. was so 
and it's that's something I said in the sermon, but it's it was so um, I don't know if convicting is the right word or, or encouraging, but it's like I think a lot of times I get to a place where I settle in my faith. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, this we're good, mm-hmm. and that pursuit of God just. I don't know if it ceases, but it's just like just plateaus. Yeah, you're just like I'm gonna maintain this. This yeah. will be fine. We're good. And I think that part right there is when I start to take my focus off of God, and then I start looking at potential er- areas of things that I can overcome. Mm-hmm. And so this is how it plays into failure for me. Is all of a sudden I realize uh, I'm the one that's trying to win at these things, and mm-hmm. I'm not following God's lead in certain directions. And I even this is something I said that wasn't in my notes. I just, and I said it at all three services. This even comes to my sin. And I didn't get a chance to develop this a ton, but I do think it's true that when we focus on our sin, mm-hmm. that that's our focus mm-hmm. and we're not focusing on God. So if you think of like the fear of failure being sin or the, or the fear of, of sinning, as soon as I fear that thing that I might struggle with, all of my focus is how I can overcome that thing. As opposed to how can God help me persevere through this? How can God help me overcome this? What is God calling me to do? Because my route to get to that place probably isn't the best route. Mm-hmm. So hmm. so that's, and it just came to my mind on Saturday night when I was preaching, like, man, I even do this when it comes to my sin, which is really good. Like I should try to, I right. should have a fear of that. I should try to overcome that. But who's, by whose power, by whose might, by, by whose will mm-hmm. am I doing that? And so... What I love about the Moses story is that it's God was asking Moses to do something, and mm-hmm. which is which is for us it's usually we're not in that boat. Mm-hmm. We're we spend most of our time figuring out what we want to do, yeah. um, and so we set up these expectations for ourselves of I want my kids to behave in this way, or I want to earn this much money, or I want to get to this place in my career, mm-hmm. or right. We set up all these expectations or these mm-hmm. goals, or we have these these things in our mind that we think we should be, we should have in our life. Well, that's, so, that's success. And that's the definition that's of what, success. And so that's what we're, we're shooting for and we're aiming for. And then we're hoping we're saying, Hey God, can you come along with me mm-hmm. on what I want is that's our typical mm-hmm. go-to posture. And for Moses, it was the exact opposite. Like right. God took him out of whatever was going, all the different things going on in his life and said, I want you to do this. I was like, no, I'm only doing it if you go with me. Right. Well, uh, he, he said, Nope. 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 Not doing uh, that. Here's why I can't. I'm not a good communicator. I'm not a good leader. I'm terrified. Mm-hmm. All of these reasons why he's inadequate and mm-hmm. not able. And like to the point where in Exodus 4, he's like, send someone else. And God just said, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. To the point where Moses was like, okay, then I might be able to do this. Mm-hmm. Even though he still wrestled with doubts, like in Numbers, we read that he, he, even after he heard time after time God saying, I'm with you, and this is how you're supposed to do things, and when he followed what God said, things went perfectly well. But when there's, like, times where he, like, he didn't follow what God said, and it ended up costing him his preferred future as well. Mm-hmm. Like, he didn't end up in the promised land. Um, but But I think the beauty that we see from his story is just what you were saying, is he was his success— the thing that he wanted to achieve was presence and 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 pursuit of God. Mm-hmm. So, and that absolutely drives out fear. Which which the interesting thing is too, and I didn't get a chance to 
use this in the in the sermon. I ended up cutting it out. But the Tozer quote about the God and mm-hmm. was it Tozer or was it Roar? Mm-hmm. I think it was Tozer. He, he talked about how we. I'm, now I'm now I'm confused. Yeah, it's Tozer. Yeah, he talked about how we we struggle in religion to figure out the God and, and we miss God in the process. Mm -hmm. Like anytime I'm up against anything, I'm going to figure out it's God. And I have to do this. It's God. And I need to make sure this happens. It's God. And, uh, make sure that I read this, these parts of the scripture. And he said, when you jump to that next thing, Mm -hmm. that thing that you add the and with all of a sudden you completely miss God in the process. And I think that's what Moses shows us. He didn't constantly go, all right, I need to get these people out of the promised land. What is the best strategy and approach to get them out of out of Egypt, across the sea, and then on the way to the land God has provided? He said, mm-hmm. "All right, God, it's you. What else? What do you want?" Mm-hmm. So, um, I wish I had a, chance, a time time to develop that more a little bit too. That book, if you guys get a chance, "The Pursuit of God" by A. W. Tozer, and his chat, the first chapter called following hard after God is a phenomenal read. And then also brother Lawrence's book that we mentioned the practice of Did the you presence quote of God. Brother Lawrence uh-huh. at, at the end of your Yeah. Yeah. That was such a great quote. It's just, it's beautiful. Like the fact that this dude who was for, had a conversion experience because he looked at a tree. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. But then like he devotes his life to pursuing God and being with God and you know that like any biblical heroes that we have or people that we know who are really good at practicing the presence of God, at mm-hmm. pursuing God, following after God, they are the most open-handed, assured, secure people mm-hmm. that I've ever interacted with. Mm-hmm. Like they have no fear of failure. They have no fear of, and mm-hmm. this is what Brother Lawrence was. Like he was a guy that was like, when I'm with him, I fear nothing. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't think that's just some cliche quote or some art something he's trying to get like it was a letter that he wrote mm-hmm. and then his friends put the letters together and so mm-hmm. uh, but i think so, of people that i know like that that i'm like gosh they're just so secure it's it's okay all those quotes those sound amazing and they are amazing it's hard to do like in our society in our culture to say focus on the presence of god and the presence of god alone when you have to raise kids, you do have to provide for yourself. Like it, it is, yeah. it, it's an extremely difficult task to say, like my, my challenge with this topic mm-hmm. is there's this idealistic standard where you have brother Lawrence, who's very monastic and he, he's, he yeah. kind of like leaves the world in a sense to go f- dedicate himself full time to the presence of God, which is, not what God is calling like, most of us good to. Good for him, but we don't have a chance. But like, like how do we do that? So like, this what is, does that look like for us? So this is this is the thing that I've been processing all week is because, and I think that even the fact that you said, and I'm not calling you out. Well, I wish I, maybe I am. Let's just do that because that's more fun. Yeah. Um, I think I struggle the same way. When I look at that as a task to accomplish, Yeah. then all of a sudden I'm making it a success failure thing, mm-hmm. right? Whereas I think what Moses showed us is this is just a this is just a part of who you are, and I think that's why I loved what Ortberg wrote in. Gosh, I haven't been able to remember the name of the book, but it's his book about the soul. Um, in his chapter, the soul needs to be with God, 
he's like practice doing life with God even in small moments. Mm-hmm. Like we, um, we, you and I will immediately go like, how do I achieve that? How do I overcome that? How do I conquer that? Mm-hmm. Whereas, what about this morning? And I had one of these this morning because some person was driving so dang slow mm-hmm. on a forty-five mile per hour road, and it was, they were going like thirty, and I was getting so frustrated. Mm-hmm. And I like had that moment, like how of where I thought, "Are you consciously aware of God's presence even in this moment?" Mm-hmm. And what and the the transformation that happened in my truck as I was driving, where I was like. I went from being super angry, frustrated, stressed out Mm -hmm. to all of a sudden, (sighs) Mm -hmm. like peace that literally just practicing that moment Mm -hmm. went so far for me. So I don't know if it's necessarily. Well, I mean, the reality for us is that if we are, if we're resting in God's presence, Mm -hmm. our soul is resting in God's Mm -hmm. presence, we, Mm -hmm. we won't feel fear. Which that people who struggle with fear, all of us, that idea of rest seems unachievable or unattainable. Yeah, and, and you could you, be you could be doing stuff and your soul's resting. In God's but that's presence. what I'm saying. Even to have the thought that my soul would be resting. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, no. You could be busy and resting right, in God's right, presence. Right. But so it's it's almost like fear is a. Um, it's a, it's part of our life dashboard if we're driving a car and mm-hmm. it, the light pops up when we're feeling fear. It's an indicator to us that a part of our life is not focused on God. We're not resting in his presence. We're, we're beginning to focus on something else. Yeah. And whenever we focus on those other things that people would say is success, fear begins to creep in and invade us. And it's when we're feeling that, it's an indicator, okay, what where am I? What am I aiming for that isn't the presence of God? Because when I start aiming for those things, I'm going to f- start feeling a bunch of fear. It yeah. just like they go hand in hand. Yeah. And I, and I think too, that's part of, and we didn't get into this and we'll probably get into it more with the fear series, but yeah. it didn't really, it wasn't as applicable to the fear of failure. I mean, it is, but we're going to probably go another level deeper during one of these weeks to say it's knowing who you are in God first and like having the security of that to be able to rest in God mm-hmm. and even understanding what it means to be created in the image of God and, and to, to get, a, get rid of all the other. And this is the thing that Richard Rohr wrote about to, to cleanse the mirror of all the other garbage mm-hmm. that we think has to be there. Mm-hmm. All the things that says define success. And then, but then when you cleanse the mirror enough and you look and you see who you are and who, whose image you were created in, you get this, overwhelming sense of security rest peace mm-hmm. because you that's that's something you're able to hold on to and i think so much of this this challenge that's going to be for most of us moving forward is we're going to want to achieve in a lot of this and it's it's just the consistent constant pursuit of god mm-hmm. which even the book brother lawrence the practice of the presence of god is i think that's why it's the most widely mm-hmm. sold book mm-hmm in all of humanity outside of the Bible is because people are like, just, I need to capture this somehow. And I think it's an ongoing journey. Yeah. And I think we get caught up with, um, like the way a lot of us were brought up in church is your, your, your time with God, the presence of God, your time in the presence of God is your quiet time, Mm -hmm. maybe in the morning or right before bed or however you do it. Or when you pray in the middle of the day, like those are the, the small moments where you're present with God. And, I think it's hard for most of us to take that and then transition that way of thinking into, no, 
yeah, I'm present with God when I do my quiet time. But then when I drive my son to school, mm-hmm. I haven't left the presence of like, I'm still, I have the opportunity, the whole drive to drop my kid off at school to be in the presence of God as well. Right. And it's, and it's not so it's like, not, I'm it's leaving not like the presence there. of God to go do the tasks that I have to do. Right. And then I'll come back to the presence of God. Like, that's no, not what this is at all. It's conscious awareness of the presence of God in every moment of your day. Every moment. It's not like it's not like you're aware of the presence of God and then you turn and you go, "Can you guys shut your mouths in the back seat? I'm trying to focus on God." It's it's like <laughs> I'm aware of the presence of God even in this moment as I'm doing what I'm doing. It's the like, "Shut up, we're praying." <laughs> right, 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 right. Knock it off. Which I got I think every Sunday okay, morning. Okay, Jesus, back to you. <laughs> that was my our our household growing up, but Love you, Mom That's most Christian households. <laughs> yeah. uh, that and reading the Left Behind series. Close your eyes. We're praying as a family right now. Uh, those are the best. Uh, but yeah, I think it's 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 this is the the journey and the struggle and the challenge, and that's why I think these. It's a, like another i. It's another level of, and I don't want to sound weird, but it's like another oh. level of enlightenment to God or, mm-hmm. or, or, um, that's why I don't, I don't want to sound like, yeah, you're super weird. Like it's that. an Eastern, 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 even when your hands Eastern were weird. Religion. I want to throw my microphone. You know? <laughs> I'm so consciously aware of God's presence right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but just like the, I think there's people, that's the part of the journey that you go on. It's like, yeah. I'm more aware of and, uh, and mm-hmm. enlightened to who God is to me and who I am to God mm-hmm. and who God is to the world. And we see God in, in, in everything mm-hmm. and we see how everything kind of comes together and how God works is working and moving and everything. And when you're aware of that, you, you have a different lens by which you view the world mm-hmm. through. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the world that is, or that's the, the perception or the view that is void of fear. Yeah. So that's true. That's good. That's not that weird. That was pretty, it's it cause I together used enlightenment. In yeah. The enlightenment word is such a buzzword. It's such a non-Christian right, word right. that when you incorporate it, which I think is a great, it can be incorporated into Christianity beautifully. It, be. it yeah. just, it triggers people right. into thinking other things, like you're Buddhist all of a sudden. All right, we're going to cut it off there. Um, <laughs> That's a great place. Like you're Buddhist. All right, next we week. Have, uh, we have four <laughs> more weeks of this topic, so we there's a lot more to dig into around the, the, the topic of fear. We're going to get into the fear of not being enough. Uh, Pastor Steve Madsen is going to be teaching on that next weekend, and then the fear of intimacy, and then the fear of rejection, and then the fear of the unknown. Which, Those are the four weeks ahead. Which we should know. It was going to be fear of intimacy next right. week. We switched with, it. Yeah, we just flip-flopped some weeks. So um, just know that. Fear of intimacy is still going to happen in two weeks. but Yeah, it'll be fine. Don't be afraid of us switching the weeks. Why, 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 why did you have to go there? Who's afraid of us switching weeks? Some people could be. <laughs> Anyways, love you guys. Talk to you later. Love you.